Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. My name's Emmett and this is the Fatback Four. Tonight joining me are Shawnee, Kev and Davo. How are you, Davo? Grand, not a bother. Good to be on, lads. Kev, surviving the, the, the thunderstorms that everybody else is talking about in the, in the comments already as well. Yeah, it's brutal down here at the minute, but apparently you guys are getting it soon, so you'll have some fun later on tonight. Good stuff. And Shawnee, how are you? Oh, good, yeah. Oh, good. A great weekend of football so far. Fucking, it's, <laughs> so it's, sure far. You having, it's, it's sure you having to wait until the Monday to be played, isn't it? Especially after yeah. a, a dodgy result in the first. It just feels like ages, but back, back at Anfield tomorrow. It's fucking great. Good stuff. Well, look, what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick chat tonight just around uh, the match tomorrow. Uh, lineups, predictions, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we'll probably have a quick look back over... Um, results over the weekend as well. Um, so Davo, um, because the others have spoken about the result last week, what do you expect to see? And do you expect to see a change in lineup tomorrow, or what changes do you expect to see? And what type of a performance should we expect from the lads? Um, I'd say, listen, there'll be a couple, there'll be a, there'll be a midfield change anyway, because Thiago's yeah. obviously out. Um, I'd probably expect Nabi to come in. Well, Nabi or Elliot, Elliot was very good at all. Uh, Lincoln McMahon the last time, and it sounds Matheba sat out training, so it kind of sounds like they might want to take too many chances there. So I'd say Gomez could come in, I'd, and I'd say Nunes probably gets the start ahead of Firmino. So 
that's what I'll be kind of thinking. And obviously hoping I'm expecting to win. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be a walk in the park, but I'm, I'm expecting us to win the game, yeah, and get off the mark. And do you expect them to come out flying instead of what we've seen kind of more recently with the kind of control? Or do they have uh, a listen, point they have a point to prove? Klopp is gonna send them out listen, with a point he to had the, he'd, listen, he had he uh, as much as a manager or as, as much as he normally does anyway, uh, have a go with the players, he kinda he had a go with them. Uh, after the game for their attitude, application, all that stuff you don't want to hear. Um, when you're a professional, so listen, I'm sure they've been, I'm sure training's been fucking, they've been at it, I'd say, all week now, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd expect them to come out against a decent side. I didn't see Palace and Arsenal, but I believe Palace, uh, Arsenal started well and finished strong, but in the middle, Palace had plenty in the game. So I'd, Palace are decent. So what now is I'd expect us to come out and be at it, yeah. And Kev, you are kind of one of the more vocal ones about how well Palace pay, played against Arsenal um, in the first game of the season. Um, how do you expect we're going to handle them? I think the start is key. We've been starting poorly from the back end of last season right through this season, even parts of pre-season, some games that just weren't quite on it. Um, I expect to see the, cha- the changes that Davo made are probably the same changes I'd, I'd made. I don't know what he'll do at midfield with Henderson, but it's important that we press Anderson and don't let him settle on the ball. Uh, his passing is ridiculous good for a centre-back. And if he's allowed to ping, ping 40, 50-yard balls from, from there, he can cause us problems. Um, other than that, I expect us to start better and I expect us to win. The home atmosphere, first game under the lights, Monday night football, you know, it's um, after the weekend, it's just gone as well. It's important, even this early on, that you don't slip too far behind. You know, you've got to keep pace with uh, with City, even at this early stage. So I'm expecting a solid performance and three points, nothing less. Good stuff. And uh, Kev kind of touched on it there, Shawnee, with Chelsea and Spurs, which a lot would have you believe would be there, will be challenging as well, drawn today. It's probably even more important now to get the, the three points tomorrow night against Palace. Yeah, look, I'm not buying into the, the Spurs and Chelsea thing just yet. I'm still of the idea that there's still only two 90-point teams in the league. And it's it's us and City, and I think that's the way it will be again. You kind of seen today that the issues that both Chelsea and Spurs have, Chelsea up the top end of the pitch, and Spurs look a bit ropey at the back. I think so. Um, regardless of what's going on around, I just think we need a response because of the fact we dropped points last week, and like I'm of the idea now where I don't even think there's such thing as a draw in this league anymore. I think you either win or you lose. If you don't win, there's, there's literally no point drawing with this Man City side about. So we need a response. And I'm with Davo as well. I think it's going to be tough tomorrow. I, I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I think there is moments where we are going to have to ride a storm a little bit. Gomez going back in there, he's going to need to be at it because what Palace will do is they will stretch it and they will test you. They, they've got some really, really good footballers there. And I think it's actually... Not that it's gone under the radar, but I think Vieira is doing a really good job. And they, they're, they're recruiting really well as well. They brought some good players in. Like they'll miss Gallagher this year. But um, that lad, Coyote, they brought in. Is it, what's his name in the middle? I, say, I think he is Coyote. I think he is Coyote. Yeah. 
he come he he looked decent against Arsenal. They're very they're they're going to be a physical side. They've plenty of runners, the winning runners, and like Kev said, this new fella Anderson, they they brought him in from Fulham, looked decent there, but he seems to be giving them a little bit of a different dimension now with the with his passing ability. So yeah, look, it's it's going to be check the four there. Yeah, sorry, in chat there. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, but I. I, I think we'll have enough. I think not not so much a statement, but just go out there and prove because we were shy last Saturday. Let's make no bounds about. We were lucky to get a point, and um, and we need a response, strong response is needed. And this is where like it's a bit crap that we had to wait until Monday for this game because it would have been ideal for this to be a midweek game after you drop points because you yeah. just still be chomping at the bit to get back in. But like, yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant to be back at Anfield and. I hope Nunes does get the, does get the nod because let's be honest, Bobby didn't give us a whole lot, so it'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to. It. I just I hope it's fucking rocking and all. It should be, you know what I mean. I really do. And uh, I was talking on Thursday, Davo, about um, we we kind of did um, lineup predictions, and I was I actually actually thought that Gomez might come in anyway. This was before Matip. Was had set out training because of like what Kev said and, and Shawnee said that Anderson, when he, if he, if given time on balls, he can actually just spray them diagonal balls. And with the, the pace again that Shawnee touched on that Palace have up front, um, he could be hitting those kind of channels in behind Robbo and uh Trent if they've got kind of too far forward. Do you think that that would have been a change that he maybe would have looked at without the Matip injury? Look, Matip could still start. Um, but do you think that adding Gomez in with pace would suit that type of a game? Um, yeah, look, he, he could have gone down that road definitely because I think Gomez is quicker than Matip. I don't think Matip is a slouch now by any means, but particularly obviously the way we play, how high Trent will be. Um, maybe he he look at maybe he would have done um, looking for that bit of extra pace. But I just I, I hope listen I hope I just hope Gomez takes his chance because it's going to be tough for him. Um, as regards, like we've got um, obviously Virgil always plays, and then you've got Kanate and Matip. It's been a toss to the coin between them. He's kind of been a bit of a forgotten man, even though he, he, he like he played, he was kind of ever present when we won the league. So, and if we're honest, I don't think what he served up in the last maybe six months or so has been great when he's got in. Um, and look at that can be difficult because he's not like he, he's not in every week and he's just coming in and fits and starts and stuff like that. So I really listen. He's, I think he's excellent, but I think he needs a run of games. And but he's not going to get a run of games if he doesn't take his chance. So it's going to catch twenty two. So I really hope he comes in and kind of hits the ground running and take his chance and then and then puts it back on the clock about the other two boys going. Well, listen, no, I'm in. I'm after being doing the business. So look at leave maybe so Virgil. So just I really I listen. I've had a lot of time from an I um. I really hope he, he takes his chance. And uh, Kev, if if it's a case that Gomez comes in, so we saw not last season, obviously the season before, most of us probably would have said, let's move Matip on because of injury worries. And then it was like a resurrection of Joel Matip last season. And like what Davo said, he kind of got his chance, he stayed fit, and he, he almost cemented that place. Now, I know Kanate came in for Champions League games and that, and the odd time here and there. But essentially, that position beside Matip, or beside, sorry, Van Dyke last season was Matip's. Um, if Joe comes in and takes his chance, do you see him ousting the other pair and becoming the first choice? 
I think he'll eventually. I think the idea is with him after signing his new contract, he's he's extended his contract, he's extended his deal, so he's happy at the club. I think the idea by the end of the season is that he will have, he will probably be, if not first pick with Virgil, he'll be first change between him and Ibu. And by the end of the season, Joel should be down the pecking order. As long as the other two kick on, they have to force him down there. It, it's up to them. This one thing with Klopp, once you've got the shirt and you're doing a job, he's reluctant to take it off you. And especially with Joe Gomez, with what he's been through with his injuries, if he's in the side and he's playing well, he'll want to keep him playing and give as much time to Kanate as possible to recover from this knock. And it doesn't do anyone any harm watching games from the sidelines from time to time. And you need a strong rotation in there as well. Virgil isn't getting any younger. He's You want to be able to give him rests through the season as well. You know, it's going to be a really demanding season for him. more Probably more than the other three because he's definitely going to Qatar. And the Netherlands could do quite decent. So you might need it more so in January to be able to give him a proper rest and give him a proper break because whoever goes on to win the World Cup is only going to have a week off. Everyone else is going to have three, four weeks, maybe five, you know, but if whoever, if we have players that are involved deep in that tournament, it could be January is when they suffer. So it's important that Joe takes his chance and really moves on, really kicks on. He's good enough. We know that. We've seen it enough. It's just getting him on the pitch regularly enough builds confidence, and that in itself builds performance. So it's it's, it's really hope more than anything. This could be a blessing in disguise, you know. Yeah. To probably put, precautionally give Joel a rest anyway. You know, they, they won't risk him for the sake of one game against Palace. And you were probably right with their balls in behind and how how high Trent will be. Joe Gomez is probably an ideal person to come in and play. It would have probably been Kanate, but you know the football has a way of uh, opening doorways, and there's one there for Joel to, or for Joe Gomez to walk into. I hope it works for him. Um, Shawnee, a lot of people, um, and probably myself included, would probably think that the the long term centre back pairing, <clears throat> or or ideally the long term centre back pairing, would be. Uh, Gomez and Canate. Um, look, Virgil, as good as he is, isn't getting any younger. Um, Matt, not too too far behind him. Do you see that being our, our long-term centre-back pairing going forward? Yeah, well, you'd have to think about the club strategy and the way they've recruited that. It's like that, that, that January when we needed a centre-back, we didn't just throw one in there for the sake of it. It's always long-term. You know, you know what I mean? And that's... you. We've done the business with Kanate and he's around now for a while. And let's be honest, Kanate was playing brilliant to the back end the last year. He was, he was excellent. Um, probably probably the best our best player in the Champions League final, I thought. Um, but given Gomez the contract, I don't think it was like a protecting value team because I believe there were a couple of teams sniffing around and apparently Villa were looking at him. Um, so I'd say there was upper steer for Gomez because... He is really talented. He's had absolute. He's had rotten luck with injuries. Um, 
he gets his leg broke at Burnley and then we still don't know what happened to him last time around but by all accounts it wasn't great so um, he's he's been on the wrong end of luck I think um, 1920 is brilliant he, he builds a real uh, partnership with Van Dijk and I think it's it's I'm with Shane now I think it's time to just like take it now take your chance or you might not get it again because <clears throat> If he's looking to be, look, he should be going to that World Cup. I think if you're picking England's back four, back five, whatever Southgate plays, I'd have him starting ahead of some of the players he uses. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's a stretch. And that should be his like goal. So to be doing that, he needs to be playing regularly at Liverpool. And I reckon if he doesn't really, if he doesn't cement his position this time around, then I think he'd be moved in and brought someone else. So to be honest with you. I can see the club planning as if it's Joe Gomez and Canate going forward, but he's going to need to pull a socks up and go around. And I don't mean that being harsh. I just think he's not going to get many chances. Well, if you think really of it, if you, Luke, if, you, if you think of it, we know people in the chat are probably know more. Was it Benfica at home? We gave Van Dijk a rest in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, he, he didn't play. And Luke, we, we, were, we were all over the fucking place at the back, so... Like I know yeah. that's not on the not just on the back four. Obviously the pressing was off and lads Benfica too much time the ball to pick up passes for our runners and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we we, we did get picked off that night. There was a lot of late yeah. runs. Milan as well. I think he like played that. against. Yeah. So it was the boys. No, like, the, like, the three of them have to like they like they have to pull their socks up as in when Virgil's not there. I'm talking about when when two of them are making up a yeah. partnership. They are going to have to. Step up and fucking try, like, make sure that there's not too much of a drop off. The worry with Joe Gomez has always been whoever, if Virgil doesn't play, there isn't really a talker in in the the other three. You know, they almost play by example. They, yeah, they they, they don't. You don't see any of them shouting and barking at defend at midfielders to come back or to push out or anything. It's it's almost you know how to do your job. Just do your job. Whereas you see Virgil pointing him, just gestating at everybody. He doesn't care who they are. And same with Henderson. It's something that has to come into his game, really, whether it's natural to him or not. He's been at the club long enough now. You know, he's, what, six years, yeah. seven years? Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of the longest serving players at the club. He's got to I start that, that, introducing that. I think the flip side as well is, like, like Virgil's a fucking unicorn. Like, does not like he just he is. He's yeah. so unique as a defender that he's just the type of player that brings everyone up around them levels, and that's just how good he is. And like, I'm not really worried about Virgil getting out because I think he has the head to play on. You know, now obviously his pace is a big part of his game, but I do think he he'll have the head to play on, and it'll be like, right, you'll do my running for it, and I might drop. Is it what's Virgil now? It's what you want. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, look, you'd imagine. Look, if you're being the most fucking pessimistic fucker in the world, and he has no more injuries or no reincurrences of what happened, you think he's going to play at least at the very top level for another three or four seasons? You mentioned you mentioned recruitment, Shani. I say I say they have their eye on who they want to come in. Yeah, yeah. I'd be have a couple and couple of bodies that they're looking. That young lad in the the seven days, I believe he. He was, I think he was player of the tournament for England in the one they just won there. Don't know his name. Someone in the chat might know, but apparently he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I see his he's name in the chat like and I'll be like, oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he's, I don't he know. He scored as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, he scored in the final. I, I, I believe he's the yeah Kwanzaa. Someone said there. Apparently, Kwanzaa, yeah. he's he's ridiculous, and there's loud chasing him, and the club are looking to to fast track him into the first team. So, like long term, I still think it's going to be Virgil. You know what I mean? And that's where I think again, there's pressure on Gomez here. There's big pressure on Gomez because he's the one out of four. I'd say that hasn't really performed in the last what two seasons look obviously he's had injuries of course but he got in there and he didn't really tell you like he didn't he didn't get many games at centre back last season and Klopp chopped and changed a lot and it was Kanate in Matabeu and there was games where he played Matabeu and and Kanate so look I think it's a big it's a big season for Gomez um, in terms of his long term future obviously he gave him a contract but he's going to need to um He's gonna need to step up now because we don't know. Like, it's never good when you hear Klopp just saying he's out for a while, and that's what he said about Kanate. And I think it would be it'd be tough to expect Joel to be as durable as he was last season. Look, last season was an outlier in terms of his availability since he's been at Liverpool. So, um, look, he's gonna play a lot of games. I think this year, Joel Gomez, and not only for his Liverpool future. He should be looking, like I said again, to be to be getting into that England squad at the World Cup because look, that should be everybody's. That should be nearly every player from now until November's like premonition is to, okay, I want to do enough now where I'm I'm going on the plane and I'm going to be away at that tournament uh, when it comes around. I think I, I pulled Kieran B's uh, comment back up there. He says he think he might have been minded last season. Klopp even Possibly. said his injury was way worse than Van Dijk. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, and I, I think there was a few games where he actually played uh, as cover at right back as well. Yeah, he did quite yeah. well too. We did quite well as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and like I think it was you that actually said it, Davo, that the the only thing that he uh, the only thing wrong with his performance was that he wasn't Trent. Yeah, well, he was um, at the Norwich game and he played Roy Full and he played very well. But he wasn't Trent. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, yeah, you're not getting none of that Trent. Gomez was perfectly fucking capable that day. He played well. I think you were it was yourself, Sean, you were saying there that you um with the Van Dyke with the bark and orders and stuff like that. I think I think it's more so likely to be Canate that maybe assumes that position because he did play a few games last year and you could see that he was it wasn't yeah. uh, he was barking orders at midfield and telling lads to, to be certain players. So look, um we move on from, from the back um to now the midfield. Um, oh, don't Jays is mentioning. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not talking about buying players here. We're talking about who is going to come in instead of Thiago. So look, we know that Keita, it was more of a more of him being sick than anything else. So he should be back. I think uh, Simicas is back as well. The pair of them are supposed to be back for tomorrow night. So um Davo, I'll come to you first. So a lot of people suggesting that maybe Fabinho sits out with Henderson in the six. Um, what way would you line up in terms of the midfield tomorrow? No, listen, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be going to making changes for changes' sake. Look, Fab wasn't good against Fulham, and actually against Fulham, the funny thing I thought about it was is I actually thought he hit a little bit. I thought when they were pressing, he wasn't quick enough to drop to to give himself positions to get the ball. Now, for whatever reason, look, he's fucking brilliant. He's a shy game. It happens. Um. But I, I wouldn't be making changes for changes' sake. Like if we only need to make one, I'd, I'd make one. If we can start Henderson and Fab, I would. 
and I'd, I'd make one other change. Um, listen, we all know Klopp rates Naby to a certain extent, and what I mean by that is, I mean, I don't think he trusts him going back the way, particularly in big European games. We've seen him being hooked. Um, we've seen him being brilliant going forward and, and being poor for goals like let the go away in the groups and stuff like that. So, um, But I think... I think Naby might just get the nod with Elliot to come in maybe uh, after an hour and uh, maybe link it, try and, try and link him with Mao and stuff like that. Now, listen, El- Elliot was very impressive. Them triangles with Trent and Mao um, and Fulham when he came on. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised either if, or I wouldn't be shocked or upset if he gets an nod. But I think it might just be Naby in with Henderson and Fabinho. Ken, would you go with the same? I think that's what Klopp will do. It's a massive decision, really, because Elliot has done everything to warrant a start tomorrow night. Uh, Naby's better off the left, you know, than Henderson. So it's it's a straight shoot, really, for me, because if Naby's fit and he's training and he's trained, he should start on the left. You know, he's better he's better than Henderson in that on that in that position. But. <sighs> Henderson was the best of a bad bunch of what started at Fulham. And he improved when he went in the six. I still wouldn't drop Fabinho. He desperately needs to get that out of his system. And Elliot, when he came on, was really, really good. It was lively and he brought everyone else alive. But was that because Nunes stretched them going the other way and their legs were starting to get a bit tired? Who knows? I think he'll stick with he'll stick with Henderson. And that was probably dead right with the first change will be Elliot on either side, depending on how the game pans out. But it's a brave, it'll be a massive call if he starts Naby and Harvey Elliott and drops Henderson. It'll be a massive call. And it wouldn't surprise me. He's he's, he's capable of dropping these these kind of things. He's done it last, he'd done it last season and he'd done it with... Um, Harvey Elliott starting a lot of games last year when he was, you know, breaking in. He's a year further down the line now. And injury aside, he would he would have been a mainstay in the side if he'd have stayed fit for the last season. You know, he'd have been one of those first kind of name on the team sheet sort of thing. So, I I think it'll be Henderson, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Elliott. Either way, I'm not bothered. <laughs> it's got to be a cracking midfield either way. Hopefully. Uh, Shawnee, first game at Anfield, first league game at Anfield. Does he leave the captain, club captain out, or is it a Fab Hendo Keita? Zero chance. Yeah. There's zero chance he leaves Hendo out for me because I think he's going to be key covering that, that the fullback position with yeah. who they have. They've Zaha, they've Eze. They're interchangeable. You play through the middle. So I think um, that's what Hendo does really well, I find. Contrary to what the Shy Hawks on the Twitterverse talk about, um, I think that he's going to be key in that game because he just gives you so much cover in terms of letting Trent cheat, letting Mo cheat. And I think that's going to be a big factor. And it'd be a lot to ask Elliot to, to be covering someone like Zaha because I know Zaha, he's a bit marmite, but one week he's like playing... George Wyatt's cousin and then the next week he's like George <laughs> Wyatt so you don't know you don't know what you're going to get from him so I don't think Klopp will take a chance I think it's going to be Keita Fab and Hendel uh, in the tree and basically because I do think we're lacking 
someone who could naturally play on the on the left side of that that tree. Um, you never know. You might even throw Carvalho in off that left side. You just wouldn't know. He might change. Milner was very Milner was very good when he came on as well. Yeah, so. was brilliant when he came on. So you just you don't know. He might even bring fucking Voynaldo back and play Milner. <laughs> for someone just, for a club just, who doesn't just, have a lot of options, yeah. He might yeah, even bring. I know he's signed for Roma, but he might just bring Vinald and Milner and and Hendo back just to throw that uh, Briggs in midfield and just to annoy everyone. <laughs> what a, what but, about uh, that? What about that unveiling by the way from Roma for That's unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Yeah, credit yeah. where it's it's it should. It wasn't as good as Burnley's one the other night. The other day though, the Bur- did you see the Burnley? one? Oh, I was seeing the Burnley one. Yeah, that yeah. Was, but I'm, ta- was... I'm talking about Vinald <laughs> getting announced out into into the into the into the, uh, into the stadium. Ah. Absolute yeah. uh, hairs in the back of your neck stuff that was. So look, um, I don't know. I think it's. Does, does he even go with a midfield three? Well, that's the thing. He could change. You know, like he might change. You know, we don't. And the thing is, we kind of have the weapons now to do that because well, we we never we haven't played with a number ten on that club. But now we have a fucking hype of them in the squad who are who are capable of playing there. So you wouldn't know. He could throw a spanner in the works. I know that young lad is. Gonna be in the squad because he sat out the twenty ones game. Mm. So I think I do you know what if I if we're in a position tomorrow. I, I, I think well. Kev is the only one that can pronounce that chap's name. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm just not. Gonna <laughs> I'll be like playing uh, what's his name Tim Vickery, just playing butchering <laughs> names all over the place. But, um, I'd like to. I'd, it'd be nice if we are in a position where we are comfortable enough to give that lad a few minutes. Because Jesus, whatever I've seen of him, I've been super impressed by him, and. Again, he looks like one who was at the being fast tracked. Like he's, at, he's actually a centre half by trade. Yeah, and they had to give him. They had to give him a big. Um, they gave him a contract, didn't they? So yeah. tells you kind of. Um, they see him as a, as a sitting midfielder, did he? Is that where they see him kind of being as a whole? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, uh, it'd be nice now if we were in a position tomorrow night, especially with the five subs that were comfortable, and you could throw him in and give him a few minutes. But look, I think. It's going to be more of a squad game more than ever now. I don't like. I think it's going to be nearly as important that he was on the pitch in the last thirty, as a who is it, who it is when what starts and it can change so much now. And um, but I think that's what you'll go with. I think you'll just want to set the because uh, look, I won't get into what people see. I don't see in Hendo, but I, the one thing I always see with Henderson when he plays is he, he can set when he's on it. He sets the tempo. And he gets the ball rolling, and that's that's what he does really well, and that's kind of what you need in your home games. He's the perfect type of player for those home games. And um, so, look, I think that's what it'll be. I think it's going to be Kate uh, for being on hand. Now, look, the two lads are going to need to be a lot better than they were last weekend. That's for sure. And fucking Nabby as well. Like, it's going to need to get the finger out because I thought there was games where it was just passed him by last year as well. So, there's positions up for grabs there. Um, and I think that's going to be the midfield tree you'll go for. And, and Naby actually hasn't looked too bad. And I know it's pre-season and Aquilani feckin had six assists in pre-season and then was shy. But uh, Keita didn't look too bad in pre-season either. No, look, look don't get me wrong. Keita's a pressing a, machine. A, he's a deadly footballer. He's a deadly footballer. It's just sometimes like he's not arsed. You know, it's just one pace. And I don't know what it is about him. I just... He hasn't lit it up at Liverpool. He was more available last year than, than any other year, but there's still a lot of question marks around him, I feel. And look, he's coming into the last year of his, of his deal as well. So, it, like Gomez, it's a big season for him as well. 
Yeah. Well, look, um, I think I went for Fabinho, Hendo and Keita uh, in my prediction. Um, on to the front three. So, um, lots of calls for Nunes to start. I'm one of them. I think Shawnee is one of them as well. Davo and uh, Kev will come to Kev first. Nunes to start over Bobby? Has to. Has to start. I mean, he's he's caused havoc in every game that he's that he's played. I'll be gobsmacked if he doesn't start. He's done everything to warrant warrant a start, and he's exactly what you need to be able to push Palace back and not let their centre half settle. Um, I think that the Palace are a tailor made side for Darwin Nunes because they're two decent centre backs. They're quick enough. They're not monsters in the air. They're not. They wouldn't physically scare anyone. You know, they're technically good players. You know, I think Gerhi is a really good. He's a really good good prospect, but he's still got a few more years before he fully develops into a seasoned centre back. And it'll it'll be shock. It'll be a massive shock if Bobby starts. It really will, and that's no disrespect to him. I love Bobby. I think he's a brilliant footballer, but he's not what you need in a game against Palace. You know, it's horses for courses. This game is made for Darwin Nunes, and first game at home is your big summer summer signing. He's done everything mm-hmm. you want of him, and more. For me, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start. Uh, Davo, I think it was mentioned earlier on to put pressure on this guy Anderson. Does does Nunez the way he plays, the way he's a bit of a menace? Does he put or starting Nunez? Does he put more pressure on those centre halves than maybe Bobby does? Kind of nearly dropping off. Yeah, but look at it. Listen, it's, it's probably like it's two different problems. Centre halves will tell you like the, the whole reason Bobby's been so good for us dropping into space is they don't know whether they go or stay. Frees up space for. Two wingers to come inside, and obviously then you flip it to Nunes, and all that fella, that fella's just born on centre half shoulders. He just he's all he wants to do is run in behind. You get you get that ball down, looking the channel, oil be going in there. So it's two totally different. They're two totally different players, totally different ways of playing the position, um, and both like bring their own problems. Um, I would say when Fulham. Thought they were like Fulham had, uh, had obviously had the the hour or however it was with Firmino. He wasn't the only. He was dropping in. He was losing possession. They were kind of like, "This is fucking handy." Then Nunes comes on. He's tearing off that fucking shoulder. He's in behind. He'd he he scored and then he he'd obviously I think he too great. He like he the one do that flick the keeper side. Then he got in and had a volley cross goal that he really should have hit. Probably hit the target with that he put with. He obviously sets the goal up for Mo. Then absolute. Fucking nuisance, I'd say. I'd say they were fucking just going. I'd say, I'd say it was like they were after being the tornado, the two centre backs, yeah. with the way, like, kind of having a handy, considering how bad Bobby played, to then Nunes coming off the shoulder. So, I'm a Kev, I'd be shocked if he didn't start. The only thing maybe in my head would be that maybe a similar thing, hoping that Bobby plays better. We do, we do get ahead. Um, and the same kind of thing, then 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, Nunes is coming in and the centre-backs are going, oh, fuck, again. But, look, that's just me playing devil's advocate a bit. I'd be, I would be shocked if he doesn't start. And, uh, Shawnee, I know you're fully on board with Nunes starting, um, but there's been some questions about whether, with him coming on in games in the Community Shield against Fulham, uh, was it a case that he had it easy because the, the defenders were already tired? I'm not of that opinion, um, but um, do you think 
he has legs in him for 60, 65 minutes to absolutely hound Crystal Palace's defence tomorrow. Yeah, he seems to be kind of managed a little bit because I, I seem to remember Klopp, uh, I think he referred to like the first block of games in the Premier League every other year, is they kind of treat it like an extension of pre-season where they do manage play, uh, players' minutes throughout them opening games. I think that's probably what he's been doing with... Um, I think that's probably what he's been doing with Nunes, but I think tomorrow night is the perfect... Op- I, I thought last Saturday was the perfect opportunity to start, to be honest. A way to Fulham in his Premier League debut to get off the mark like against what should have been fodder in the end. That, it didn't turn out that way, but he comes on and massively impacts the game. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's a dead... He's got to start tomorrow night. It's his first game at Anfield, first home, like under the lights. I think... Um, I think it's a massive opportunity to start, like to put down a marker now and kick on. Because, look, I wasn't sure what way this team is going to play with an out and out number nine, and but you can see already that Mao, uh, Mao, like Mao's Mao, Mao, Mao acted like a winger when he came on the other, the other week. I don't know whether you noticed that Mao acted like Unselfish a winger. Selfish as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he's willing to flash balls across the box now because he knows he's going to be a runner on the end. Of look, in this Liverpool team. He's going to get chances. And I think with what we've seen so far, even in the games against us, he's a lethal finisher. He's, he's really good. Even the goals against Leipzig, he's getting, he's just, he's in the eight yard box. He's off the shoulder. He's pinning centre backs. He has pace. He's good in the air. Um, it's obviously there is going to be like an adapting phase, but I, did, I, I feel he has to start tomorrow night um, because I think he's one of them. Like if he catches fire early, He's going to do damage in this Liverpool team. And with Jota out, we don't really have that much of a an alternative. And I just, I don't want to, I don't want to see Bobby struggling again. It's like watching your old bleeding dog tog, tog around the gaff. And you know, like, look, you had to give me everything. You gave me all the happiness in the world, but it's just tough to watch him. He, he had, Bobby hasn't been good for a long time, to be honest with you. Uh, that might sound harsh, like, I love the bounds of the fella. He's probably my favourite player of the club era. Definitely one of them anyway. So, uh, I, I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't start him tomorrow night. Uh, I, I'm playing him into forms a lot of bollocks. We need to be winning games, to be honest with you. And you, you do that by playing your best 11. And for me, Nunes is in our best 11. Yeah. When you mentioned that like, Karen is there, Shani, it was like, well, there's no, I saw very little pre-season. Saw the, all the squatter boxes putting up his miss against United. Right? But what did he play that day? 20 minutes? He gets yeah. in... He's he's in there, misses a chance. Community Shield, goal. Uh, Edison pulls off a good save and a one on one wins the penalty. Then the Fulham game, goal, couple of chances, fucking save with a keeper, assist from all. He's fucking involved in everything. He's gonna, he, 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 he just causes fucking ructions wherever he is. So, um, and fucking long may he continue. I love a bit of that. So, in terms of uh, so we've gone through it now. So, in terms of lineup. Um, what I went with the other night was Alison Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robbo, Fabinho, Hendo, Keita, Salah, Nunes, Diaz. Anybody go with anything different nah. to that? Nah, big game for Diaz. Yeah. yeah. It is a big game for Diaz. I mean, he's he showed flashes against Fulham. You know, there was, the goal he scored that was offside and Bobby should have put him through earlier for another one. Or they're not the other one that was. He hit the post. 
Mm. We had to pause and he had to cross, we had to crossbar that day as well. But he, if anyone needed a goal, he needs a goal. You know, he needs a goal involvement of some way, something just to kickstart his season. Because mm. you wonder if it's starting, if he'll start to play in his mind the longer it goes. And he's not. There's no one really on that side of the pitch to push him. Yeah, we're kind of in that position now with Joss out injured. There were the front three picks itself, and I mean center halves with if they see Bobby on the team sheet, they they know him inside out now. There's nothing new with uh, Bobby Firmino, so he'll go off into midfield, and centre backs will just leave him off and just let him go and do his thing. But Darwin gives Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah should open up a lot of space for Luis Diaz. And he needs to take advantage of it and hit the ground running. No better place than your first game at home in the season to lay down a marker for the rest of the season is going to go. Last love's asking, <laughs> Shawty, how's your dog for a no-look finish? <laughs> I haven't tested him. Well, I'll give him a whale. <laughs> So lads, um, score predictions. We'll start with Davo. So um, three one. I think uh, I think Klopp said it after. I think the game last year was uh, we beat them three and Nabi Nabi gets a scream or late. And Klopp says it's the hardest three nil game he's ever he's ever been involved in his life. So they they make you work for a palace. So I think three uh, one. Who's getting the goals? Uh, the front three, one each. Spread them out. Kev? I went for 2-1. Um, I think Darren gets two. I think Darren gets a brace. Um, I think Palace have a case. Palace were unlucky against Arsenal, to be honest, right? They had more of the ball. They had the same amount of efforts on goal and they had the same amount of efforts on target. And, you know, Arsenal were lucky with that second goal. You know, they're a good. They're a decent side. And Vieira, like Sean, you said, Vieira's doing good things. But we have to have enough to beat these. You know, you're at home. You have to be beating these sides. You know, there's no excuses. You know, early in the season, shit happens, whatever. But you need three points tomorrow night. And Shawnee, I think it's going to be similar to the way the game went last year. Even like I said, I remember watching it. Um. I think it'd be two 0 but it's gonna be one of them two nils where I reckon we oh, probably one nil up and late into the eighties, one nil up and it's by two and a frown and we just nick it. Um I just fucking three points on the board. I take a score three one nil off bleeding Milner's Irish or a penal. I don't just whatever it takes, um get us off the mark and get us up and running. So I I'd say two nil. Two nil. You're writing these down now. Are you going to do like what? <laughs> you're going to do what uh, football focus do? Like Mark Lawrence hasn't, hasn't predicted a Liverpool defeat since 96 or something. Yeah. Brown envelopes coming just, our way. I just think writing them down makes it look kind of more serious. That's all. Um, I meant 3 1 with uh, Salah, uh, Salah two goals and Nunes one goal. Um, so look. I, just, I personally I can't wait for tomorrow. I know we have a few people. Uh, you're going to it, Shani. Did you Correct. sort out the passport? I did, and I've laid. I had a nightmare today with that NFC pass. I'm like, 
I was thinking to myself, am I getting old or is this just whole system just fucking stupid? It felt like I was looking at my dad trying to walk his contacts in his phone, like, <laughs> didn't know what was going on. I was trying to get this thing downloaded ticker on my phone, but got there in the end. So I uh, just have to brave Dublin Airport now first thing in the morning and uh, I'll be looking forward then. I'm meeting up with a couple of the lads over there, so uh, should be good. I won't be on the Guinness from early though because uh, the few rough weekends that Dave kind of tested that because yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. He was involved one of the nights, so it's been fairly uh, non-stop for me. <laughs> Tom Lamb, Johnny's dog with a diamond head. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's an early start, I mean, you know, so I'll be probably tipping as soon as we, we finish up here. Um, so, look, um, that's our game. Let's want to have a quick look back over the weekend. Um, so the second round of games. Um, anybody, anybody standing out for you so far? I know we're only two games in. You probably won't know until about eight to ten games. Anybody standing out for you so far, uh, Kev? City or look, City or City. They they'll get goals. They'll they'll win plenty. Forest surprised me today with how organised they were. For a side that's literally just been put together at the start of the season because of circumstances, they've had to buy in a rake of players. They brought another one in tonight. I don't know who the hell he is, but no idea. But they're after spending more money again tonight. And they've, they're linked with Auer and they're linked with Gibral Sow from Eintracht Frankfurt as well. They'll come in next week. But I was, I was, West Ham are a decent side, you know, and that was a f- pretty much full strength West Ham side. And Forrest were so organised in that 5-3-2 or 5-2-1-2. They, West Ham should have scored. They had a couple off the, off the crossbar. And uh, Henderson had to make some saves through the daylight, you'd expect. But I was genuinely surprised with how well organised they were and how good they were on the counter. You know, They were a quick, young, lively side. And they could, they could be a surprise package for a lot of teams this season who will write them off, you know, and if he pulls this off, if they pull this off with the amount of money they've spent, and it's all good money, all between the 10 and 20 million pound mark, they could cash in massively next season. Next summer, they could cash in on a lot of these players, double up some of their transfer fees and sell them on massively. You know, um, who else? Manchester United, man. Oh, my fucking days. How bad was that? How fucking bad were they? I'd say I mean, all the players, uh, like, like it, when they went 4-0 down, I'd say all the players wish they could just vanish. Some would say, I'd be Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? No, That's hold like, on. Shoddy, Shoddy, you can go get a cup of tea there. Emma, Emma. You're fucking on, you're going to be doing this all week and that's all you can come up with. Fucking hell. I've, I've done it three times this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's right. Well, Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other praying eyes. IP Vanish VPN makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, password, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. 
IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether, you're at, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. And that's done. There are about eight cans of Archer Thieves inside. Very <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> proud. <laughs> um, Kev, you're the only one that knows how daunting that is. That is very, very, <laughs> very, very trip happiness. So, so you mentioned Manchester United. Let's have a little chat about the, the club that resided 34 miles up the road from Liverpool. What's happening at that club, Kev? Oh, man, where do you start? I mean... I saw a tweet that Keith put out last night and he was it was the most bang on tweet I've seen in a long time about Manchester United. The only thing that he said the only thing you can blame the Glazers for is not putting a structure in place to run the football club. From the from the Glazers to the manager. That structure is is wrong and it's been wrong for a long, long time. From the managers down, that's nothing to do with the Glazers. They've appointed good, good managers, and they've backed them with money. The fact that they've bought absolute fucking dross with no personality, with... I mean, the idea that they're going out to bring in Rabio, and they're still talking to his mammy about it. You know, to, it's, it's a nonsense. The fact that the manager... The, the fact the manager wanted Arnautovic. Now, if he wanted Arnautovic, go and fucking get him. It's his first window. You go. He he's named that player. You go and get that player. The fact that he's been undermined on his first signing that he wanted. The fact is they're chasing a midfielder who has who doesn't want to go there, and they're still chasing him. Tells you everything you need to know about how bad it is. I didn't think. I thought last season was bad under Ragnarok or whatever his fucking name is. I didn't think it could get much worse. I honestly didn't think it could get much worse. Ragnarok. That was a cross between Ragnarok, Manchester United, United and Vikings. So, so you're Marvel film. Marvel, yeah. Marvel film. But like, how the fuck can you put Christian Eriksen as a pivot in a six? <clears throat> and put those up those players out on the pitch with Eriksen to sit in a six with a straight face and say you know how to you know how to coach a football team. Christian but, Eriksen think, has never been a six in his entire life. Do, do he's a ten or he's nothing. Do you know what the man thing you were saying to like Kev, I was I was having a chat with one of my mates here and I fan yesterday and I was saying the same thing to him like, like I, I don't I I think people who turn around going, ah, they just blame the glazer on everything, they spend loads of money. They, like Keith was hundred percent right, there's no structure. The, the the biggest glaring issue for me is and I haven't seen anybody talking about it, and I put this in a WhatsApp me mates weeks ago, they were all going on after the preseason saying Oh, I'm moving the ball decent. I said, do you know who's going to kill United this year? 
the other kid said, David De Gea is going to fucking kill United this year because it, it, the onus is on him now to start moves and start attacks and he's never been good with the ball at his feet. No. Never. Since he came in. It was never one of his traits. He one of the best shot stopping goalkeepers we've seen in the Prem. It's, it's hard to kind of easy to forget that. <clears throat> but he's and Shane I'm sure will, will, will vouch for this. He's absolutely shite with the ball at his feet. Forget about the first goal yesterday because that can yeah, happen to the, any keeper. The second was the, criminal. The second goal is criminal. It's oh, absolutely position. shocking. It's, it's body position. position. Where he's receiving the ball how he's opening himself is touch. He just can't do it. And it, it's going to kill them. It'll kill them next year. Or this year. And nobody's even talking about him being replaced. And, let him, and I, I've seen an interview with a man Henderson last week. I was thinking, he's a little dickhead. But he obviously knows I'm much fucking better than he is now. And he's only in there because of the name. And, and it's kind of legacy at United now. Although he hasn't won a lot. He, Dean Henderson probably feels hard done boy thinking I'm fucking better than him and I should be starting for United you know what I mean and he's after getting shipped off to Palace and he has the game with oh, to Forest he has the game as I play I think the Hayes is going to kill them um, I think Gary Neville is going to kill them boy with the shite he's spouting in the media like he getting into spats yesterday with Redknapp and he's like wouldn't look him in the like United are a mess literally, it's Liverpool in the 90s times 10 because it's it's all under a microscope now. Everything is completely analysed, top to bottom. Like I, in the 90s, I, I, I was a baby, but in the 90s, did you know who a director of football was or a sporting director? Did you know who was make, going to make the signings for Liverpool? You probably had oh, no idea. Wow. You, probably, you probably knew a name, but you never you always thought it was the manager. I always yeah, but, thought it was yeah, the manager. Yeah, yeah. You probably knew a name, but you never seen a face. You know, like... like Richard Arnold was out fucking meeting fans, having a point with them, trying to be nice about it, and they were recording them, putting them up. Because they don't they see through shit like I I'll bang on here. I fucking hate Manchester United, but one thing I will say about the fans are they're not thick. No. They know exactly what's going on, you know, and it, it's just an absolute shit show top to bottom. And I seen a deadly clip last night. Arsenal played Brentford on the first game of the season last year in a Friday night football. And Gary Neville goes in on Arsenal, top to bottom, saying he doesn't know what they're doing, they've no identity, this, that, and the other. And you could have literally just replayed that interview yesterday, before or after that, you know, he came. And I all would have read out the same. And look at the trajectory the two teams have gone in, because I think there is a bit of a structure at Arsenal. I know your man Eddie who comes on that flag, but he, he seems to know exactly, they know what type of player they want, and they've gone and got that. You know, they're at the spend in a window, chasing... Frankie de Jong he clearly doesn't want to play for him and then on top of that I don't even think he's the type of midfielder that they need and then the going boy the after man Jorian Timber who's a right-sided centre-back completely different profile to Lissandro Martinez completely different profile and then they go and give 50 million for your man Lissandro Martinez there's talk tonight that they're looking at fucking Maravoy Cardi probably the most toxic fella you can put in the dressing room like he was going so, around. So, so, is that not he's going around. and Rabio? Did they not yeah. have an issue? Rabio's mad drops him. <laughs> Rabio's mad drops him off at training, and fucking Oikardi be in the bed with him up before he can even flick the light on. That's the way he is. I tell you, Oikardi, a put John Terry to shame. I can tell you that. Oh, anyway. He's a knacker. Yeah. Like he literally has another fella's kids' names he's tattooed on his arm. He's a knacker. The fella is a knacker. And you know what? If fucking, I tell you what, if Amazon had any bleeding balls with the way the glazes are going and they'd sell that, if they done an all or nothing for United this year, 
My Jesus. You'd go full Rio Ferdinand, wouldn't you? You just put the contract down, whatever numbers you want on it, sign it. It would be gold. It would be absolute gold. There's no profiling going on at United. They're not like everyone going about club big enough are we the right player the right player the right player there could be a fella out there with all the ability in the world that they would have looked at and they probably would have talked to him and someone would have assessed him and go he's a dickhead we don't sign dickheads we just don't we don't they don't seem to be looking into that sort of thing and they're saying now that they're telling Ronaldo they're going to ter- they're telling the fella who wants to leave if he doesn't kick with his axe they're going to terminate his contract like what the fuck are you at the, the fella wants to leave he wants to leave. Do you know what? Like, it's just, it's mental. And I just, I hate seeing all of these fucking ages in the media parroting the same show. Like, Neville now switching his tone and this, that, and the other. You know, it is a basket case at the moment. And it's scary because for me, they are, other than Madrid, the biggest club in the world. And what's happening there is absolutely mental. Do you think not showing up the games and all is going to hurt? It won't because for every fan that doesn't want to go, it's going to be 100. From all corners of the world, he'll take and the tickets. He'll spend them. a hell of a lot more in the club shop as well. A hundred percent, and that's that's the problem that we. I don't think they get rid of him. I seen I seen a thing last week. Yeah, watch a man Keaton is trying to do a, like a, a hostile takeover. But oh, he's uh, doing it. Yeah, man, nightly, isn't it? Nightly, uh, nightly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightly. Nightly. He tried yeah, that came years, out. Years ago. Early nineties, yeah, he came out in the oh, full oh, kit yeah. and did the ever, volleys on the pitch and all that. Never watch Kobe. Did you ever hear the Kobe enthusiasm? Larry David. Yeah. Not a <laughs> I was expecting that to start after he done that interview. It's Isn't fucking... He's fucking... Sean, he's right about Neville. He's, I just caught the end of it the last week when he was talking to Kane at the Brighton, after the, after the Brighton game and he said to Kane, well, look, at, I, I wouldn't say that these United players um, don't give their all. And then he's, he's out after the game. Yes, they're saying uh, they don't work as hard as other teams they play against. So which fucking is it? What is it? That's, that's it. Brentford didn't have to work. Yeah. Brentford didn't have to do anything. They ran 14 kilometres more than United players did. Now, you've you've Neville coming out and he's talking about the training ground. He's talking about the stadium is rusty and uh, the Glazers put these lads in. Like, there are teams in that league that play and train in a lot worse conditions than Manchester United do. Um, You would imagine that Brentford... Brentford probably would be one of them. Um, but for a team to go out and run, outrun them by 14 kilometres yesterday, it shows, it, like, it's just, it's, it, when is he going to, and like you said, Sean, he came out and he, he, he that, that uh, Arsenal against Brentford game, he went in on the players as well. He's not once, well, he started kind of going in on the players a little bit yesterday, but he's coming out and he's saying the Glazers are putting these people in place. When did you ever see Neville come out and complain about a signing or complain about an appointment of a manager? He doesn't. But, but now he's blaming the people that are putting these people in charge. Um, I think Gav actually tweeted earlier on says, give him the, the director of football job. Do you know what I mean? Look, Kev is right, and it was only when he said it there, it's kind of a light bulb thing. We can all think Aaron out of it just shy, right? And he's finished and everything like that. But if the manager went in there and went, listen, get me him, and they backed down all of our Twitter fucking feedback and stuff like that. Now, listen, I know he's a knacker as well, Aaron out of it, right? But come here. Listen, he's so useful, idiot. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Like he's, but if the manager went in and said, "Get me him," he's attainable for fucking seven, eight, ten million, whatever he would have been, and they shit the bed and go, "Oh no, listen, we're, we're not going to get him." He's like ten hags in trouble there. 
Do you know what I mean? After after a couple of months, as in, I'm not talking about as in them sacking him, as in he must be already. The stories are coming out from uh, one of the journalists. He must his agent must be leaking saying he, he's going to go and bro- promises have been broken, and he was told he'd have five in the door, five starters in the door, and blah blah blah, and he fades on their mind, etc. So that's already started from his side of it. Like he could Ray Charles could see that that's his camp leaking it to. Well, whoever it was, so did, sure, didn't man. they say the, that the stuff came out? The stuff came out towards the back end of last year when they they appointed Ten Hag, yeah, that they were gonna let they were gonna let Ragnick walk fucking six days a month or something. I'm like, oh, what is going on here? Like, I'm really sure Ragnick would have been getting more money as is doing the proposed role at United than he's getting doing the Austria gig as a manager. Yeah, mm. I, I think, think Ragnick didn't lie to him. He told Arnold is doing the job that Ranić is supposed to be doing, isn't he? Yeah, they got rid yeah. of Ranić, and now Arnold is doing that job. Yeah. So they, they, I think the one fella they actually, to be fair, when they hired Ragnik, look, he's a manager, not he's not a great manager, but the fella knows how to run a football club, and he, he came out after the Liverpool, he came out after the Liverpool game last year and says, he, he said, he says, I think they might need six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten players. Yeah, and what he, he wouldn't lie about that. He wouldn't lie about it, like, you know, like, no. and then they fucked him off. So I think the one chance they had at getting someone who might actually do something, I actually don't know what's going on. I'd love to be a fly in the wall to see what's going on there because they banged on about Woodward and now it's on Arnold and this fella. Joe Glazer and the other fella, did you see the cut of them? They haven't a fucking clue who Ten Hag is, even now. I'd say if you stood them all up in a room in front of them, you wouldn't be able to point them out. They haven't a clue. They, they live in America. They, they give up. They look at the books. Look what they done with the Buccaneers. Yeah, look that's what they, they care done. about. That's they on their doorstep. Yeah, and United they, are the cash cow that keeps giving. You know, you can yeah, always go to a bank and say, "Yeah, we own Manchester United. We want to borrow X, Y, and Z, and we want to leverage this debt onto that debt and move this money here, there, and everywhere, and we'll continue to own Manchester United and service the debt and take their dividend. It's their club. It's their business. They can run it however the fuck they like, and." As long as they're giving the club adequate transfer funds, which they are, it's up to the club to fucking spend it. Now, every club should aspire to spend what they earn. Live within your means. What you win in Premier League prize money, Champions League prize money, endorsements, sponsorships, is to be spent back into the club via players, player wages, and infrastructure. And I think the only time the FSG have had to put their hand in their own pocket is for infrastructure. Yeah, not for players. And nor should any club worth their salt. No owner should have to put their hand in their pocket to fund a transfer window. If you're doing that, you're doing something else fucking drastically wrong. You're either competing in a place where you shouldn't be competing, and that's not sustainable long term, or you're... Chairman and CEO of your football club is absolutely shit at their job. We're run absolutely brilliantly, and long may it continue, because what they're being served up is absolute dog shit. And you can see why their fans are absolutely apoplectic about it, but it's more to do with the structures that are within the club, not the owner specifically. It shouldn't be the owner specifically. They're the deflection. You know, it's easy to shout glazer this, glazer that, when... It's really down to bad spending, bad transfer policy, and no structure. That's all it's down to. If they get that right, they're not far away from 
if they can get it right, the funds are there to bring in the right profile of player to get them from eighth, which I think is where they'll probably finish, into cha- challenging for the top for the Champions League. It doesn't take much. You can get there within one or two windows. It's making the next jump is the hard bit. And that's what Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs are going to find out. Going from third to challenging for 90-plus point seasons, that's the difficult bit. You know, you can always get into the top four. Get into the top four, 75, 76 points. You need a striker who's on form. You need a solid midfield midfielder and a, a decent centre-back pairing. You can get there with that. It's the rest of the jump that other sides are going to struggle with. Well, look, long may it fucking continue anyway. Well, look, Absolutely. I, I, I think one thing that, like, not worrying for us, but worrying for Manchester United is when they come out and they, and, they, and I don't know how true this is, but they claim they stopped their interest in Arnautovic because of uh, an outcry from the fans. <laughs> yeah. What? Imagine if we didn't buy Salah or Wijnaldum because of what people on Twitter thought when we were linked with them. Like the you fans I mean? are killing each other, and that's like the fans are fighting each other on the stands, and that's that's just not good. That's that's how, and it'll only it'll only get worse there. And the thing is with football these days is media, fan media, and there's so many different outlets with different takes, and they're this and they're that. That will only get worse, and it'll be magnified because look, they've been on this, they've been banging this drum since two thousand and eight, I believe, haven't they? Mm. They, have they ever even got close? I don't think anyone has even tried to buy them. So, uh, like, like Dabo said, long may I continue. I, I just sit here laughing at them. And to be honest with you, I, I didn't even find yesterday funny because I was half party with a few mates and they were just like, what's going on here? It's just fucking... It's <laughs> you can't just... believe 30-odd minutes gone and they're 4-0. The one thing that, with the Massimo Taibi moment for De Gea, that can happen. Keep You know, it, shit happens in a, in a game a keeper can make a handling error. That's not to be all an end up. The second goal was a shocker. The third goal for the header from Ben Mee, that was just his poor organisation at the back. He beat a man. What? He beat a man to a header standing up. Yeah, and you, the fourth one was what a pass from Ivan Tony to lay it on a play, on the run, first time pass to put in Bueno in. It was a, it was a beautiful goal. It's that goal that you kind of look at the way we play, and sometimes we play like we play yeah. on the break, and you think if we get that, like it, it came, I think it came from a United corner, did it not? Yeah, yeah. To a Brentford lad in the box, and he just cleared it upfield. But look, um, like Davo said, and like Shani said, long may it continue. Um, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm conscious that Davo does be up early in the morning. Before we go, it's just to mention uh, the charity partner, uh, Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, I'm just looking at it here. He's at 117,000 at the moment. We need to get him to 150. So um, even if you can't donate or if you can donate, no donation is too big, too small. Um, share it into your WhatsApp groups. Run last man standings. Give 50% to the winner, 50% to Bobby. Um, but let's get him to that 150,000 and get him the treatment that he needs. Um, if anybody doesn't know or if anybody's new to watching the show, um, it's similar treatment to. Um, a little girl called Sienna, who we helped in the past, and she's absolutely flying at the moment. So um, please share, donate if you can, and let's get to that 150 um, and get him the treatment. Uh, Kev, it's in Cincinnati, I think you said. It's in Cincinnati. Yeah. And according to the uh, bio on the um, 
on the I Donate page. He's been accepted for this treatment. It's just physically getting the money to get him there, get him back, and get him the and in the physio and everything that he needs when he gets back. Plus, his parents are going to need living expenses and stuff while they're there. It's not cheap, you know. I can firsthand, I can tell you, when you're living out of a hotel for a hospital visit, it ain't cheap, and it's the unseen things that you that add up. So. Five, he'll get there by fivers and tenors. It's fivers and tenors that'll get him there, you know. And it will the sooner the sooner it happens, the better because it'll be a massive weight off his parents' mind when it's done. And then they can get their dates booked and get him on a plane and go. And and like you said the other night as well, is it would be great to get it done and dusted and have him back home uh, to enjoy Christmas at home as well. So exactly, and um, please share, please donate. Look, we've done it before. We can do it again. Um, so link will be in the description please share it and donate if you can uh, Davo anything else from you for tonight no just looking forward to hopefully getting on the bar tomorrow getting a, a, uh, be a big three points as well obviously if you don't get them in your force and so yeah just looking forward to that fingers crossed stuff anything from yourself Kev no we'll be back tomorrow night with a post match myself and you, yourself uh, I've never done one of those <laughs> it's got to be some crack let's just hope that it's going to be a nice calm 3-0 and we can relax on a Monday night with a couple of cans the only thing I did say Chris Brack sent me a message earlier on if United if we when we play United as long as Alisson keeps a clean sheet they're going to have to pick a goal of the month that's an own goal that's where they are. That's mental. That's uh, it's like Luca Dina. He's uh, Everton's top goal scorer so far this season, and he left them in January. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anything else from you, Shawnee? Well, I'll go there. Looking forward to tomorrow. Getting back. It's always great to get over. Uh, see a few familiar faces. So uh, organize a meeting with Ash and uh, Matt as well as over here. I think at the moment. So. <laughs> Oh, Matt, did Matt go today or? I'm not sure. I know he was. He was He's in the he chat earlier. Yeah. He was hanging around Dublin. I know that, but uh, yeah. for a few days he, he was saying he was that the, the grave diggers on Gavin's I, 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 uh, recommendation. I don't, uh, I'm in the. I'm in that Telegram, but I come and go. Uh, you know, there's too much going on, and I jumped in it the other day, and uh, he said something that I thought was really funny. He turned around and goes, "We fucking travel all the way over here, and Gav gave me the recommendation to go to the grave diggers for a Guinness, and me missus bought a fucking cars like." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought that was brilliant. Now, but I'm looking to I'm looking to see, uh, for the scene, the lads over there tomorrow. Ash as well. He was he was done a couple of pods. I'll be meeting with over there and a few others. Alex as well off the cop TV. I've, I've arranged to meet up with, and Craig as well off and fair up. So now it should be good. Should be a bit of crack. And please God, we get three points because I don't want to be going to fucking Old Trafford. Absolutely needing to win, uh, although we should beat them, but it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be ideal. Sure, it wouldn't. <laughs> no fear of that. Ma, said, Ma I'm, I'm not going to jinx it, but and and Ma has only ever been to Anfield once, and we lost to Inter. So remove his passport from him if the result doesn't go away. Well, Matt, you're going into the fucking... You're going in, you're going in at Albert Dock if you don't win. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fuck you in by the jocks. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, well, listen, thanks, uh, Shawnee. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Davo, for joining us. Thanks to everybody in the comments. Uh, the comments were flying in all night. 
the wait is nearly over to try and make amends for our result against uh, Fulham. So uh, hopefully we can get the three points tomorrow night. Uh, my name's Emmett. That was the Fatback Four, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.